The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's what's cooking on an all-new Sports Stove podcast. we got a lot of football to talk about, playoffs, power rankings, draft, and so much more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover, up in Ohio. He is, at least. Uh, Dad, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Exciting time of the year and looking forward to to the podcast tonight. Yeah, lots of football to talk about. Before we get to that, a new sponsor on board with the Sports Stove Podcast, Righteous Felon Jerky. Uh, find more information at righteousfelon.com and uh, healthy jerky. They got all kinds of stuff. You can get sample packs. You can get um, subscription if you want to. They got lots of options for you there at righteousfelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP to save money. You get free shipping, always free shipping from righteousfelon.com as well. So we'll get more on them a little bit later. But if you are a jerky fan, a specifically a beef jerky fan, Check out Righteous Felon Jerky at RighteousFelon.com. Use promo code BELLYUP at checkout for discounts and more. All right, Dad, let's uh, get into football because it was a crazy weekend to get things started off as the uh, super wild card weekend is what they called it. Um, I don't. I mean, is it that much super than the normal? I'm not sure. Let me start with this, though, Dad. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys... One on Monday night, they're playing San Francisco, who had their game on Saturday night. And so Dallas has to travel to San Francisco on short rest. And on top of that, San Francisco's had long rest. Uh, Is that fair? Should it be fixed? Or do we just got to suck it up and deal with it? Um, Well, again, I think it's just something, you know, you have to deal with. Um, It'd be hard you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that, I'm sure. So, um, I, you know, it, it, it's the way it is at this at this point of the season. Um, it, it could be a, the, probably the biggest advantage for San Francisco is they're at home, 
and they don't have to travel out west. But that's not something that could be changed for Dallas. Uh, Time-wise, I don't know that it'll make that big a difference. You know, you're going to be excited about the playoffs. So, and, and as far as game planning and scouting, you know, the, everyone's known the teams that were in it for a little while. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, they should have found a way or figured a way. I guess you never know if you're going to reseed every time and all that kind of stuff. But to have the Saturday winner play the Monday winner just doesn't seem – it seems like there should be a way to figure that out. Either not play a Monday game, which they're not going to do with that over 30 million viewers for Dallas and Tampa. Um, so, you know, they they have to figure something out with that. It just doesn't seem right for sure on that. Speaking of Dallas, how about their kicker? Uh, Brett Maher comes in and – Misses four extra points, and um, I had I saw a funny uh, thing on Facebook. I actually sent it to our Cowboys friend Matt Downs. Um, a uh, paralyzed man put out there on Twitter. Tim Lee uh, put out there on Twitter. He said, "If Cowboys are looking for a kicker, I'm offering my my assistance." And uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Four, four extra points. They do sign a, a guy to their practice squad this week, but the plan is to keep him moving forward. He's had a really good season. He had a bad game. And as Packer fans, Dad, we saw Mason Crosby have bad games, yet he came back from them and was fine after that. He missed uh, uh, the last extra point of the regular season and then four in there in that game in the playoff game. Is he going to get over it? Is he going to be fine come this game against San Francisco? Well, you know, it's going to be interesting. From what I understand, he has had a really good season uh, yeah. from there. But kickers, you know, kickers are a weird thing, and you, you start getting things in your mind, and uh, it can be a deal. I, I think it'd be interesting thing about this game will be um, what does his first kick end up being? If it's a extra point, then I think you know things look good. If he makes it, it'll help his confidence. It'll help everyone there. Um, if he misses his first extra point and that's his first kick, you know, Dallas can always go for two from there. And they, they at this point, they, you know, they have to do the wise thing because, um, you know, you lose and you're out. I think the bigger question will be what happens if, if his first kick is a field goal 45 yards or longer? And normally, you know, you kick the field goal. Do they do that? Um, and then if so, if he misses a 48-yard field goal, then, you know, where does everything go? I think if, if his first kick, they have to decide, you know, if it's a inside 40 yards, I don't think that would be any question. But um, – Well, an extra points inside 40 yards. Yeah. So, um, I think – but if it comes up, Dallas, you know, they're in field goal range and it's a 48-yarder, 51-yarder, you know, do they go for it? If he misses that, normally, you know, well, okay, you could miss one that long. But now uh, I think for Dallas, the best thing, their best-case scenario is his first kick as an extra point. And I think they'll let him kick the first extra point. If he misses it, then, then it could be – could be interesting. Well, let's go back to last week. I mean, do you like what McCarthy did with them? Letting trotting him out there five times. He did get get one finally. Um, 
do you do you like that? Do you like that he kept running them out, or do you think they should have started going for two or let the punter give it a try or something like that? I, I think since they were winning the game and that was not going to be an issue, they did the right thing. Because you start doing this, then you're definitely affecting the kicker's psyche. If they, you know, if they would have pulled him and not went for the extra point, they could say, hey, you were just having a bad day. We'll be fine. We'll go with you next week. But, um, I, I, you know, since it didn't cost them the game, um, four, you know, four was, was a little much. So, um, <laughs> I don't know about that. Like you, like you said, we've had kickers that have struggled some, but that was, that was really unique before. Um, and again, the game wasn't a pressured game. You would think he could come in and, and hit one there. So, um, I don't know. I like that they let him make one. I, I mean, in my opinion, you wanted him to get C1 go through before, this week. So as opposed to pulling them out and saying, no, because like you said, the game wasn't, it wasn't an issue. Um, so you could keep trotting them out there, let him have a chance to, to, to make one, see one go through and get those kind of get the misses behind them, so to speak, versus running out there this week for the first time, not making, not making one in two weeks, you know, that would have been an issue. So um, I, I like the idea of keeping them out there and, you know, I listened to Tony Dungy today on Dan Patrick's show say that he would have, after the second missed one, or maybe it was after the third one, he said I would have benched him at that point and just gone for two. So, uh, but I think with the game not being close and all that kind of stuff, it, it was it was okay. Now let's talk about that game, Dad. You were all in on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. You said, oh no, the Cowboys stink and they're horrible, and Tom Brady's the best ever, and all this kind of stuff. Thirty-one uh, fourteen, never really in doubt for Dallas. Is Tom Brady's days as a winning quarterback over? Um, I would think so. You know, it depends if he plays next year and where he goes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's getting near the end of his career. Again, um, I, I, you know, the first year he won at Tampa, he really did have the whole team. I mean, he had a lot of talent. Uh, everything was in a great situation there. Um, again, he's been in a weak division there and, um, but this year, you know, it really kind of fell apart. So now I don't know that he's not planning on playing again, but I, you know, if he keeps at it, it's going to end up, I think definitely going down that he should have left a year or two earlier, but, um, yeah, he got Byron Leftwich fired. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm not sure, uh, it, Right now, it sounds like Miami's the leading, the, the front runner to get him next year if he comes back next year. Uh, but you're right. They had a defense that was incredible when they won the Super Bowl. But again, they, they should have had a good defense this year. They should have had a good offense this year. And Tom Brady had good stats. But I don't, I mean, I'm on a team that's not going to need Tom Brady. But in my uh, as far as my fandom goes, I wouldn't want Tom Brady on my team right now. And uh, I kind of hope that he will retire, but I don't think he will. He chose football over family. So I'm assuming he's going to keep playing football uh, going into this year as well. Uh, we'll see kind of how that how that shakes down. Let's talk about the other games that went on. Uh, Bills and Dolphins ended up being a really close game. Uh, Bills able to pull it off. The only game that I missed in our picks this week, I expected the Bills to win, but they did not cover the point spread. Um so any concern about Buffalo going up against Cincinnati based off of how they looked against Miami last week? 
Um, yeah, I think the way Buffalo's played the last month, I think, you know, I think Cincinnati, I mean, we'll talk about our picks in a little bit, but I, I think Cincinnati's in good shape, even though uh, Buffalo's at home. Buffalo, you know, it has not been consistent the last few weeks, you know, as far as just being a juggernaut every time. And um, they obviously have potential, but um, I don't know. You know, um, early in the year, it looked like they would be the team. Then all of a sudden, you know, they, they, they lost games. Looks like they shouldn't have lost. And um, uh, I, I don't – you know, it's not going to be a surprise if Buffalo wins or if Buffalo's in the Super Bowl – but I, I that wouldn't be my pick right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have to admit, I have some doubts about Buffalo as well. They're obviously a good team, so they could pull it off. There wouldn't wouldn't surprise anybody. But they're not playing great football, and to allow Skylar Thompson to compete with you, I think, is a problem. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. We'll talk about our picks here in just a few minutes. Uh, the New York football giants knock off the Vikings. Their luck apparently has run out, according to you. Um, you know, we both picked New York to win last week and uh, felt like there was a, a, a an opportunity here for them. Daniel Jones joins Colin Kaepernick and uh, Kurt Warner as the highest yards gained uh, in, in a single playoff game. So between his rushing and his passing, uh, he had a great game. Saquon Barkley, two touchdowns as well. This Giants team, I tell you what, they're well coached, and I just I think they're complete. I think they've got everything. They're not great at anything, but they're good at everything, and uh, that's what makes them dangerous. Um, I, I know you have nothing nice to say about the Vikings, but uh, anything about that game that stood out to you? Um, well, no, like I said, I'm glad the Giants won. Um, Honestly, I was worried. It got near the end of the game because, again, I, you know, the Vikings, they, they've just won all these games they should not have won. And all of a sudden, the Giants have a chance to lock it up, and a guy drops a crossing pass, you know, that pretty much would have locked the game up with a first down. I thought, oh, no, here we go. Then the Vikings get the ball, and then you get this roughing the passer call, and you get 15 yards, and I thought, well, here we go. It's at least going to go to overtime. So I was glad it didn't, but I, I thought I, I've seen this too many times this year. So anyhow, no, the giants have done well, definitely one of the more improved teams. And, um, you know, a lot of teams have been surprising this year on a good way and some on a bad way, but more on a good way. But, um, the Giants, yeah, it'll be interesting to see this week. You know, I heard some stuff on the radio today that, boy, they're real familiar with Philadelphia and all this, but I think Philadelphia is a pretty complete team. But uh, if the Giants go out now, it's still been a great, great successful first right. year for Brian Dabo. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Bengals squeaked one out against the Ravens. Huntley came in and played decent, uh, well enough at the very least. Bengals win by a touchdown. Um you know, I, me and you both like the Bengals. We'll talk about more this more in a second. But, again, I was surprised that Baltimore stayed that close. But when you play a team three times in a season, uh, you can't you can't count anybody out at that point. Um, but they did win and uh, are fighting for a chance to return to the Super Bowl. 49ers, no problems with Seattle. Uh, I'm thankful for that. I Seattle didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Maybe nobody deserved to be in that seventh spot. Seattle wasn't that great this year. They were better than than expected, but they weren't good. So San Francisco does that. Do we read into the blowout 
as anything for Brock Purdy and and what San Francisco can do, or did they just get a really easy matchup? Uh, I think they got an easy matchup um, as far as, you know, scoring like they did. First yeah. part of the game, I thought, oh, my, Seattle's going to be in this. But then, you know, it, it got away from them quick. So um, I, I'm still just not sure about San Francisco. Uh, again, you know, they may be as good as anybody in the NFC. Um, I, 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 I just don't know. I mean, they got the best defense. And when you yeah. got the best defense, that gives you a chance. And you got a quarterback who's not making mistakes. And you got some dynamic guys on that offense, too, with uh, McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey and uh, Debo Samuels. So, I mean, there's – and George Kittle. I mean, there's there's potential there. But you have to wonder when will the, the clock strike midnight, so to say, for Brock Purdy. Was he really going to be a Super Bowl quarterback in his first year being – the very last pick in the draft, you know, have a hard time seeing that. But they have everything else in place. So, you know, may, maybe so. Uh, we will see. But again, they had to play the Seahawks three times, and they were able to take care of business with them. So they did what they had to do. Jaguars-Chargers, what a ridiculous game. Chargers up 27 to nothing. Jaguars march back and get the win 31 to 30. A ugly first half for Jacksonville, an ugly second half for for uh, Los Angeles. So, the Jaguars pull through, um, and you know they didn't look to me like a team who's going to win this weekend. But they were able to, to beat the Chargers. But the Chargers have consistently just flopped. Um, it doesn't matter who the coach is. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is, from Philip Rivers uh, to to now Justin Herbert. Uh, it doesn't matter. They always fall short. Um, they're just—they're never good enough, even though they should be good enough to get over that hump. To me, well, what does it say? Does it say more to you about the Chargers in the loss, or more to you about the Jaguars in the win? Um, I think it says more to me about Trevor Lawrence. Um, here's a guy that throws four interceptions, but he just keeps going. He definitely has a way uh, to lead the team. And I think the coach has, has, has built a great attitude there in Jacksonville. They have a really good – they have some very talented players. They have a good defense. But I think the key with Jacksonville is they have a leader. I mean, here's a guy that just keeps going. He comes out, throws, you know, what, three, four touchdowns through three in the, in the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, he never flinched. And I'm sure guys in the huddle and guys on the sideline said, hey, Hey, we you know we 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 can win this, you know, and and it's because of the quarterback, and um, so I, I think it, it it cements him as a real top of the line quarterback from there. I don't think Jacksonville has the talent to maybe go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, um, but boy, they're on a roll right now. And again, like you said, when you have a good defense, uh, that can really help, and they do have some weapons. Yeah, you know, Lawrence threw four interceptions in the first half. <laughs> so yeah. he put him in the hole. Um, I don't think they came out of the locker room thinking they could win. I think they came out of the locker room trusting their coach who said, we got to just chip away at things. And then at some point, as they chipped away, they began to realize, no, we can win this game. It became less about just pride and actually about winning again as they chipped away there in the second half and, and did what they had to do. Uh, to win that game. Uh, the Chargers fire their offensive coordinator. 
Uh, is he the problem? This will be the third uh, offense coordinator for the Chargers in four years uh, when they hire the new guy. So was was the offensive coordinator the, the problem in Los Angeles? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I heard it say, you know, this week heard people say that, you know, the coordinator is usually the first one that goes in a situation like this. And that's probably true. If they want to keep the head coach, then obviously you have to make some kind of change. Whether it's the coordinator's fault or not, um, I don't know. Again, you know, I, I think play calling was definitely an issue. Um, sure. Being able to run the ball, I mean, all they needed to do was to be able to control the clock a little bit, and they weren't able to do that. So, you know, exactly. I mean, ultimately, everything falls at the head coach's feet. But, um, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. Not and the, Definitely not surprised that somebody left there. Well, the head coach is also the defensive coordinator. So you can't fire the defensive coordinator if you don't want to fire the coach. So that means if you're going to fire a coordinator, you're left with, the offensive coordinator and uh, he goes and he is a possibility for green Bay, by the way, dad, um, as he is a Lombardi and, uh, and, and would fit in nicely in green Bay. So maybe, maybe we see him get hired on a green Bay. Of course, you also got Mike LaFleur, Matt's brother and Nathaniel Hackett, who was with the team before going to Denver, uh, as well as a possibility to come back and join the offensive staff there um, as well. You look at what's left in the playoffs and we're not picking games just yet, dad, but you look at what's left, Jaguars and Chiefs, Giants and Eagles will play on Saturday. Bengals, Bills, Cowboys, 49ers will play on Sunday. And I was thinking about ranking the teams, and then the more I thought about it, I said, no, we need to rank the quarterbacks in this situation. And uh, so we're talking about this year, not all time, not what they could be, all that kind of stuff, but this year, how do you rank these eight quarterbacks that will be playing uh, uh, this weekend? Well, I think, again, Patrick Mahomes, I think, is, is number one yeah. um, there. I think Joe Burrow is number two based on okay. playing this year. Uh, then I think um, probably Allen would be next. Sure. Um, I, mean, I would think those those are the top three yeah. un unquestionably in this group, right? Yeah. Jalen Hurts not far behind that based on how he's played this year and the way they've gone there. So I would have him next, then Trevor Lawrence, um, then um, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, and you probably wow. you probably could have flipped that. And uh, Brock Purdy, again, you know, I, there are just too many unknowns, I think, to put him ahead of anybody there, and he hasn't played, you know, the whole year. I, I'm, I'm honestly shocked you didn't put Dak last on this list. I just assumed <laughs> that's where he was going to end up being. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly, I think, on this list. I, I might even put Dak ahead of of uh, Trevor Lawrence at this point, uh, but I think Lawrence has the higher ceiling long-term, Lawrence over Dak. Uh, but for this playoff run, I, I would put Dak ahead of Lawrence, but then I would have Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy last. And, and you know, you're talking about eight quarterbacks, somebody has to be last. Brock Purdy's played really, really well. And he's done what he has to do in San Francisco. I think he's played to the point where next year you're not going to see San Francisco go after Tom Brady because they've got Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. So they're they're I think Purdy has done enough for them to say we have our quarterback in the building. Now, whether or not it's Trey Lance or Brock Purdy may still be a question, but I think the 49ers feel very comfortable with the two guys they've got coming back next year 
and uh, and Jimmy G will not be back uh, next year. So, um, but yeah, I think I probably put Burrow ahead of Allen. Uh, to me, Burrow and Allen are are tied or the same. You know, I like both of them. I think Mahomes is number one as well. Um, then Burrow and Allen are right there with each other. Hurts. Hurts is, is a step down from those other guys. I think he's a clear step down, too. I don't think it's that close. Um, Hurts is good, and obviously he's had a great season as well. Um, but if I had to pick a quarterback to run my team, Hurts is not the guy I'm picking. I'm picking one of those top three guys, um, and uh, and then you can't ignore what Hurts has done, which makes him fourth. Then I have Dak, Trevor Lawrence, and uh, then Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy. I mean, I look at these teams that are left, Dad, and you look at the coaches, right? So you've got uh, Jaguars have a Super Bowl winning head coach. Chiefs have a Super Bowl winning head coach. Uh, the Cowboys have a Super Bowl winning head coach. So three Super Bowl winning head coaches uh, here left in the playoffs. 49ers have Shanahan, who has been around the game his entire life because his dad was a coach as well, and he has a lot of experience there. Dayball has been a very good offensive coordinator. Zach Taylor's a guy who we thought was going to get fired two years ago, and here he is looking to go to the Super Bowl for second straight year, uh, which is incredible. And then Sirianni in Philadelphia, Dan, when they hired him, I thought, what are they doing? Uh, I thought Dan Campbell was the worst hire that year, but I thought Sirianni was right after that. Both of them have proven me wrong uh, on that, by the way. Um, and, and then, like I said, Dayball is a guy that I really liked. I thought it was a good hire, a good fit for him there, too. So we've got young coaches. We've got old coaches, experienced coaches, less experienced coaches, um, and some really fun teams. Uh, you know, when we look at San Francisco and Dallas. A lot of my childhood was San Francisco and Dallas in the playoffs. And, uh, and Green Bay was the other team in there. You had Favre. You had Aikman. You had Steve Young. Uh, and, and, and even Joe Montana a little bit before that. Uh, but a lot of my childhood is watching these teams go after each other. And so that's fun again. Bengals and Bills, it's not in Cincinnati, so it's not exactly a rematch of the week. Week uh, What was that, 17 game that ended up not happening. Uh, you got Giants-Eagles, which is a division battle, and then Chiefs and Jags, which is the most, uh, I would say, lopsided game of the week. But we'll get to all that when we get to our picks as well. Uh, before we get to our picks, though, Dad, I want to talk some more stuff. We've got uh, Jim Harbaugh staying in Michigan, um, probably just for a year, but we'll see. It's it's actually a really good time for him to stay. He's got a returning quarterback. Their running back is returning as well. The rest of the conference is losing. The, the big teams are losing people and things like that. So I think it's a good opportunity for Harbaugh to make another run there at Michigan. Ultimately, though, Dad, I think – he didn't have that many opportunities in the NFL. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I guess the question is, you know, is he staying in Michigan or do either he couldn't get a job in the NFL or couldn't, you know, couldn't find one that he really wanted from there. Um, you know, I, th that really could be the issue. I mean, he is doing well at Michigan. He's done well there. Like we've talked about, you know, um, where's he going to go from here at Michigan, I mean, they could get in the national championship. That would be a step up. But again, you know, he's got a battle there with Ohio State and plenty of people in the conference, um, you know, with everybody shooting at him now next year. Um, but, um, yeah, he, you know, it looked like he really wanted to go to the NFL, but then, you know, he isn't. So you don't really 
you don't really know, you know, what does that, does that hurt Michigan at all with recruiting that there's a coach that keeps looking at the NFL? Of course, now with the transfer portal, that's probably not as big a deal. So, um, we, we, we will see. I was a little surprised because I really thought he was going to be all in on the NFL. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it didn't hurt him last year when he flirted with the NFL. Minnesota was sounded like that was the most likely place for him to land. Didn't happen, and, and he was in the playoffs this year. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to hurt anything at this point. Um, and like I said, they got potential to be really, really good again next year. I'm surprised it happened so fast. Um, I mean, because you had Indianapolis, which he has ties to. Then you had Denver and Carolina, which he was reportedly talking to. So um, I don't know. Be sure to see kind of how it all shakes down and and see how it goes for him in Michigan and and kind of what happens the rest of the way as well. Uh, We are inching closer to draft season, too, which is one of my favorite times of the year. And uh, still that that looming question, Dad, who's going to take the number one overall pick? Chicago holds it. Uh, I will be absolutely flabbergasted if they take the number one overall pick. I think they trade and trade down. We talked about it a little bit last week. I think Indianapolis is the obvious team uh, just because they're closer. They can get up there without having, you know, um, it's a, it's a Chicago wouldn't have to drop way down because they could just go to number four. Um, maybe Houston wants to go up to number one to get that spot. I don't know what's all there. Ultimately, who do you think takes the number one pick? Who do you think the team is that takes that pick? Um, I don't know that I would be as shocked as you if Chicago does take the number one pick, but uh, it does make more sense for them to trade it. I think the ones that make the most sense, like you said, is Houston or Indianapolis. Um, I think those teams would give up a little bit, have to give up a little bit less, you know, probably some other draft picks in the other rounds. Um, from there, and it'd be real safe with Chicago. Um, you know, Chicago trades with Houston, they can still take whoever they're going to take basically with the first pick. Um, and if they went with Indianapolis, probably um, the same way, you know, if you figure Houston's going to take a quarterback also. But um, I think those would, would be ones that would be um, – probably make a lot of sense. Anyone else to come up, you know, Chicago's dropping down, um, has to drop down a little bit there. And um, whether that would fit in with their plans as well, they probably would still get a good player depending on what they're looking at. There's plenty of teams I think that could use um, that first pick quarterback. I think the Jets would make a lot of sense. Um, from there, but I don't know if they can get there, but I think that that would be one. And again, if someone trades and gets the first pick, there may be somebody move up third or fourth spot, you know, to still get someone there. Uh, Carolina could obviously use someone. Um, New Orleans could, Washington could, um, but whether they can go up, New Orleans, I don't think has a pick in the first round. So, you know, depending on what people would have to give up, from there. Um, but again, you know, when it comes to the bears, I, I think anything can happen there. Um, I, I don't think you can figure on this makes the most sense and that's what they'll do. Other than Houston, who has more needs in their, in their program than Chicago? Um, I can't think of anybody else that has more holes on the team than other than Houston is Chicago. So they need to get as many draft picks as they can 
to start filling those needs. Now they have salary cap room too, a lot of it. But if they move out of number one pick, they're going to get a haul. They're going to get another number one this year, plus a number one next year, plus multiple picks probably this year and next year as well. So they can they can really get a haul on this and and reload pretty quickly, as we've seen Jacksonville do this year, right? Jacksonville, the last two years, they were able to reload, and next thing you know, they're in the playoffs. And let's face it, the NFC North isn't the best division in football. It's not the worst division in football. It's not the best division either. So they can get better pretty fast, I think, uh, as well. So I I think Indianapolis is still the team that makes the most sense. uh, That would jump up. Uh, And again, I think it'll be too too lucrative for Chicago to turn down uh, the offers they're going to get. But you might see Carolina's the team to watch for, although, oh, I wish I could give the right credit to, but I heard uh, someone talking today that uh, uh, if 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 uh, Sean Payton ends up in Carolina, Tom Brady could end up in Carolina. So uh, you know, so that's kind of what it comes down to, right? You got Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady that are all going to be out there in free agency. You know what? I mean, I think the Jets. I think Derek Carr makes sense for the Jets and for the Titans. Uh, I think Brady makes sense for the Titans, uh, Vegas, uh, and possibly Carolina. Although I don't, I don't see him going to Carolina. Um, but then you got uh, let's see here, who else is out there? Jimmy Garoppolo probably going to Vegas more than likely. So some of these teams are going to take care of the quarterback situation through the veterans versus trying to do it through the rookies. Uh, which brings us to rookie quarterbacks, Dad. Uh, I think I think it's either C.J. Stroud uh, or Bryce Young that goes number one. I wouldn't be surprised if C.J. Stroud kind of jumps up there and 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 gets ends up going number one. But Bryce Young is currently set to go number one. These crazy people keep putting Will Levis at number one in the draft. There is no possibility. I, please hear me. Zero possibility. Will Levis goes number one in this draft. Um, I would not be shocked at all if Will Levis is the fourth quarterback taken in this draft. There is no way he's number one, and I don't think there's any way he's number two. I I don't see any team who would be stupid enough to do that in this draft. But I say that, and guess what? The Bears are at number one. So who knows? Who knows (laughs) who's stupid enough to do that? Um I mean, I know you didn't watch much Will Levis this year. I heard about him. People gushed about him all the time. I live in Lexington. People just gush over this guy. And listen, he's he's talented. But what did he do? You know, last year he had a he, the team had a great year, but they had a receiver that was so dynamic in Wondell Robinson. Wondell Robinson went to the pros. Will Levis didn't have any more. What did Will Levis do? Absolutely nothing. And so everybody likes his personality. He's got a strong arm. Well, let's face it. He doesn't win. He didn't win at Penn State. He didn't win at Kentucky the way he was expected to. So why would you go up and take him number one or number two when you have C.J. Stroud, who played a phenomenal season, plus that playoff game against Georgia, looked great. And then Bryce Young, who's been great the last two years as well. So I just don't understand why. I think it's clickbait. I'm guessing it's just guys trying to get their name out there and trying to get people to read their articles. But Will Levis is not going to be one or two in the quarterbacks. Any thoughts on the quarterback situation, Will Levis in particular? 
Well, I, I mean, I, I think you're probably right on that. Again, <clears throat> when it comes to quarterbacks in the draft, we've really got a long ways to go right now. You know, there's oh, yeah. going to be there's going to be combines. There's going to be senior days, and um, you know, you're going to have people jump around, and somebody could, you know, he could wow some people. And, um, you know, somebody else could digress, but it doesn't look like he'd be one of the top two. And like you said, maybe not the top three or four, you know, depends on what somebody likes and what somebody's um, looking for. You know, again, if he drops down past the top 10 or 15 picks, then all of a sudden, you know, anything can happen because then, you know, people may be looking for uh, a future quarterback. So there's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. A lot of them that I think people can draft and have potential, um, you know, to look at in the future. I think Hooker at Tennessee is going to be one of those. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting interesting to see. I I wouldn't think, um, again, you know, I've got a lot of my information from you, but it sure doesn't, wouldn't make sense that he'd be one of the top, top top two for sure. Yeah. Um, Anthony Richardson is the other guy. He's the Florida quarterback who had a horrible year this year. And I've heard people talking about him as a first-round quarterback. I'm sitting there going, how? How is he a first-round quarterback when he can't even win in college? I just don't understand it. Um, he needs so much development, too. So I don't know what's going to happen. Who is the third quarterback? I keep saying Will Levis could be the fourth quarterback taken. I don't know yet who the third is. But I know that's going to come to fruition as we go through this process. There's going to be a guy that jumps up the board. Maybe it's Max Dugan from TCU. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's Stetson Bennett once he gets out there. I highly doubt that. Uh, Tanner McKee from from Stanford. There are guys in this draft who are going to start going up, climbing up the board here as we go through the process. And uh, I'm excited to kind of see how that all shakes out. Hendon Hooker, maybe. I don't know if he climbs up that high. I don't think he would especially with being injured. That would definitely hurt him. But I would take Hendon Hooker over Anthony Richardson from Florida. I don't know that I'd take him over Levis or not, but I don't see either of those guys being long-term starters in the NFL. Yeah, uh, Dad, yeah go ahead. It just depends, you know, what you're looking for. I mean, you know, you, you, you can look at you can look at quarterbacks and, and you know, drafts and say, wow, they, why'd they take him that high and it didn't work out? And then you can look at this weekend and look at Daniel Jones, you know, a quarterback from Duke. Why did he's go? What, you know, what, what did they see in him? Why? Well, right now, you know, he's not looking too bad. So some of those, you know, work, work out pretty good. Um, and some, you know, think, well, why'd they take him that high? And, and, well, you know, they, they haven't been able to, you know, Chicago, you know, <laughs> You know, took the guy to North Carolina, and he hadn't worked out even at Pittsburgh. And so, you know, yeah. um, you see that come both ways. But you get a team, and you get scouts, and you know, there's something they like, and sometimes it it hits, and sometimes it doesn't. Well, Jalen Hurts, uh, Dak Prescott, uh, both not first round draft picks. Um, Allen was, Lawrence was, Mahomes was. Jones was Brock Purdy though, right? Seventh rounder, last pick in the draft. I mean, some of it is out of pure luck. Some of it is landing in the right spot with the right coach, with the right system, with the right players around you. All that kind of stuff is important for sure. 
Um, and so we get so close to this. I, I just love when we get to this point in the year, especially once the Packers have been eliminated. So now I'm thinking a lot about the draft uh, heading that way. Something else I'm thinking a lot about, Dad, is Beef Jerky, our new sponsor, Righteous Felon <laughs> Jerky. Uh, RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code Belly Up. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. Uh, Righteous Jerky, Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market. Like I said, go to RighteousFelon.com. Use the code Belly Up. They always give you free shipping on orders of $50 or more. And uh, you're going to get that discount of 15% off your purchase with the code belly up. And like I said, they have a uh, subscription service. You can sign up to get regular orders of jerky. You can also mix and match different flavors. Lots of things going on there as well. So uh, make sure you check out righteousfelon.com and get yourself some jerky. Use that code belly up. And we're excited to be partnered with them uh, here moving forward. Uh, all right, Dan, let's get to our picks this week. I'm telling you, I was so excited last week. Five and one uh, I was last week. I think you were, were you three and three? I was four and two. Four and two. I can't believe it. You're lying. Uh, four and two last week uh, was dad. Uh, the only one I missed was that Buffalo game. And uh, that's just because Buffalo still won. They just did not uh, cover. I'm looking really quick to look at our leaderboards, dad. Uh, myself. And uh, Brian from the Injured List podcast are the the top of the board right now. And then, Dad, it says you were three and three last week, according to your picks, at least on the RunYourPool.com. Uh, yeah. You were three and three last week. You know that was true on Run the Pool, but as far as you and I picks, we were four and two. Ah, uh, so you weren't committed to your picks last week. Uh, That's it. I see. I see. I see. I see. Okay, well, let's get to our picks this week. My picks that I make on this show are the same picks I put in runyourpool.com. And uh, and so I make sure that I, I don't cheat the system uh, going it that way. But, Dad, let's look at this week's game, starting with Saturday's game. Kansas City at home, eight-and-a-half-point favorites over the visiting Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, you know, we both kind of talked about this already, and I don't know what you're picking as far as the spread goes. I'm going Kansas City. I think they're clearly the best team. I think Jacksonville can make it interesting early, but I think by the end of the day, Kansas City clearly wins this game, and Jacksonville's season, although incredibly good, will end uh, on Saturday, and I think Kansas City covers at eight and a half as well. Uh, how do you feel about this game? Well, again, I, I think Kansas City will win, but I don't know if they'll cover eight and a half, so I'm going to take Jacksonville in this. I think Jacksonville, kind of a team of destiny here. I think they can hang in the game. Kansas City may get a lead, but if they don't keep the pressure on, um, and again, it'll depend on Jacksonville's defense. If they can keep them in the game and keep them close, um, I, I think it could be closer than eight and a half, so that's why I'm picking Jacksonville. Jacksonville has the 28th worst pass defense in the league. Uh, so I'm going to say that Patrick Mahomes will have his way with them at the end of the day. And uh, and that, that plays into Kansas City's strength. So I think that won't be a problem. Philadelphia, New York. They faced the, for the third time this season. Philadelphia 14-3, and three, New York 10-7. and seven. Uh, Philadelphia, seven and a half point favorites and dad, I'm going to go with the giants in this one, not saying the giants will win the game, although they might, 
but I think they keep this one incredibly close. This feels like a field goal type game to me, uh, three point game to me. So I'm going to go with the Giants to cover this one as the road dogs. Uh, how about you? I'm going to go with Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is a real thing. I think they'll be ready to play, and um, I, I I think they'll win, and I think they can win. Um, you know, I think they can cover to seven and a half. You know, maybe, yeah. I mean, and then you know, obviously that's your opinion, and that's perfectly fine. But I look at this game, and again, we look at th- three times in a season playing the same team, right? So that's a that's kind of a scary thing. I'm pulling up the scores right now to see what the other games were throughout the season. Uh, let's see here. Last week of the season, Eagles won 22-16. And then they met earlier in the year, Eagles won 48-22. Uh, and I had no issue with them uh, in that game. Uh, I don't know, Dad. I just feel like there's something about it. Playoffs, uh, pressure, uh, all that kind of stuff, plus seeing the team for the third time plays into the the favor of the underdog, I think. They have less, right? You talked about this in other games. They have nothing to lose. So they're just going to go out there and play where the Eagles are going to have the pressure of we're at home, we're supposed to beat these guys, we're the one seed, we had the week off. So is there going to be rust involved and stuff like that? We have a young coach. Um, you know, all this kind of stuff plays into it. And Jalen Hurts was injured, remember? So you've got that coming to how healthy is he as well. I think seven and a half is a dangerous line, uh, even if Philadelphia wins. But we'll see. See how that one shakes out. Then Sunday, there's two games. Buffalo, four and a half point favorites over Cincinnati. Uh, there will be a little bit of, of emotion in this game. Hamlin has been back into the building and talking to his teammates and stuff like that. But the last time these teams faced was probably the most tra- traumatic event of their lives. Uh, but Buffalo will be home for this one. Four and a half point favorites. Cincinnati, the defending AFC champions coming into town. How do you feel about that one? Um, I, I think Cincinnati um, is playing well. Of course, Buffalo, it's at home, but I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I think they can um, I think they can win the game, and I think, again, if not, this could be a field goal game. It could be closer than four and a half, um, but I, I think Cincinnati is the real thing here, and I, I, think, I think they'll win this. Yeah, I'm with you. I've been on Cincinnati for a while now. Uh, I love what they're doing. I love the team that they have. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think there's going to be a whole lot of points in this game. Uh, But I'm going with Cincinnati as well. If it comes down to the kicker, then Buffalo wins. But uh, but otherwise, I I like what Cincinnati can do, and I'll I'll pick them as well. Then that brings us to the final game of the weekend. San Francisco and Brock Purdy uh, will host the Dallas Cowboys. San Francisco, three-and-a-half-point favorites. As Dallas comes into town, I think this is uh, the lowest scoring game of the weekend, although Philadelphia and New York could be. I put this game as the lowest scoring game this week, uh, but I won't tell you who I picked yet. Who are you picking in this game? Um, I'm going to take San Francisco. You know, I've been hearing today, that, and it is surprising that the line is only three and a half. Would it be in San Francisco and, um, you know, they've had the extra extra day and all that. But I think San Francisco is ready to play, and I think Dallas is up and down at best. And, um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be kind of shocked if, if San Francisco doesn't win this and um, probably win it easily. Uh, I'm trying to think. 
Is there a street named after Shanahan anywhere from his Super Bowl wins? I don't think there is. Is there a street named after Mike McCarthy for his Super Bowl win? Yes, there is. Has he been there? Sure has. Uh, he's got some great talent, too. They seem to be figuring stuff out, letting Tony Pollard get more opportunities, uh, sharing with Ezekiel Elliott, but having those opportunities as well. Sure, Dak could have a bad game, and if he does, then Dallas is doomed. But I just feel like the Brock Purdy experience is going to come to a screeching halt at some point. Dallas has a good defense. San Francisco has a great defense. Dallas has a good defense, though, and I'm not sure enough respect is being given to them uh, uh, because of that. So I think this is the week San Francisco's season stops. I think Dallas wins this game, not only covers, but wins this game. And I think we see Dallas and Philly next week uh, as Philly will squeak one out against the Giants. And I think we see uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City next week. So I'm going to go Dallas in this one, Dad. Dallas hadn't won a playoff game in how many years? And now they won one. No reason to lose. I'm back in the Mike McCarthy wagon. Took me a long time to get there. But I'm back in the Mike McCarthy wagon. And uh, I think they pull off the win over San Francisco. Uh, because I think that they're coming in with that mindset too. I think they're coming with the mindset of, hey, the NFL really did us wrong uh, by making us play on Monday. Now we're going to have to travel over there. Everybody's going to give all this respect to this, this very last pick in the draft and no respect to us. I think Dallas comes out and plays a heck of a football game. It could be a really, really fun game, um, but I think it's going to be a boring game at the end of the day, and I think Dallas pulls out the win in a low-scoring affair over San Francisco. Uh, we picked against the spread, Dad. I just told you who I think is going to win all these games. I think it's going to be Kansas City versus Cincinnati and Philadelphia versus Dallas. How do you think the wins go in, in, in this week? Well, I think it'll be Kansas City against Cincinnati, and I think it'll be Philadelphia against San Francisco. So I, I don't understand your thinking on this Dallas thing at all. Um, you know, you've been talking all year to San Francisco's defense and everything there. And, I mean, I, I, why they can't handle Dallas easily, um, I don't know. Um, you know, we, we will see. You know, why did Dallas play on Monday night? It's because Dallas is Dallas and Jerry Jones, and it's always been that way. That's what everybody wants for the rankings. You can't, you can't have it both ways uh, from there. And uh, McCarthy, it's true. They have a street. It may be an alley. I'm not sure what it is named after him <laughs> there in Green Bay. But uh, that is very true. I've heard, I've heard it say the location is kind of interesting there on that one. Um, compared to Lombardi Avenue and Brett Favre Pass and Holmgren Way. But anyhow, we'll see. Well, Dallas is 12-5. and five. San Francisco is 13-4. That's a one-game difference in the regular season. Um, Dallas is, has two other teams from their division in the playoffs. Uh, and so they've had a tougher road to get there than San Francisco did. Uh, Dallas scores 27.5 points a game. San Francisco scores 26.5 points a game. San Francisco's great defense gives up 23 points a game. Dallas's defense, they only give up 14 points a game. So I think that your bias is, is clogging your your decision-making here on Dallas. And again, we've seen Dak Prescott have bad games. Uh, and, and if that happens, obviously there's no chance for Dallas to win uh, this game. 
I just think that this team, they've done enough this year to prove that they are worthy of being here. And I think when you're talking about a quarterback who who was almost undrafted, not meaning that he can't be good, but at some point, the slipper is going to come off. And I just think that this is the chance where the experience of Dak Prescott is more important uh, or the lack of experience, I guess, of Brock Purdy is going to play a bigger role than, than the experience of Dak Prescott. So I I just think it's going to come to an end at this point. And again, I think that we've been sleeping on Dallas's defense. And Micah Parsons is clearly one of the best defenders in the league, but only allowing 14 points a game is a pretty big deal. And uh, and so if they can do that against San Francisco, then all they got to do is score 15 points. And you got to think that there's a good possibility of that happening as well. So we will see. Uh, and I, I mean, like I said, San Francisco's defense is good. So they they have the game that they can have. And Dak has a bad game, then San Francisco wins that game. But that's what it comes down to. It comes down to Dak versus the San Francisco defense, whichever one's better is the team that comes out on top there when it's all said and done. All right, it's it's getting there. It's almost time for this this uh, NFL weekend. Looking forward to that. We're, we're pretty much out of time, so we won't talk about any other sports today. Uh, but a reminder, we are sponsored by Righteous Felon Jerky, RighteousFelon.com. Use the code BELLYUP at checkout for 15% off your order. Uh, Dad, anything else we need to cover uh, here this week? No, I, I don't think so. Like I said, coming, we got a lot of interesting things going on, you know, college basketball, different things like that. But right now it's the NFL and a lot, and like I said, a lot of issues going on there with a draft and coaching and quarterbacks and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, and maybe some of that will come a little clearer after this weekend. We'll see. Definitely, definitely. Uh, let's see here. We got our, the Sports Though Fantasy Baseball Show kicks up on February the 5th. Uh, Sunday night, February the 5th, 8 o'clock. You can catch it right here on the Sports Stove YouTube channel or on the Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page as well. You can always catch it afterwards, the audio form, uh, right here at the Sports Stove Podcast as well. So we'll be talking about all these free agent signings going on in the Major League Baseball. Hey, the Brewers signed somebody today, Brian Anderson. So that was a good signing. Happy about that as well. But we'll talk about that more in the weeks ahead and uh, cover all the fantasy baseball topics as well and the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Also, every week, we drop the Sports Stove Local Hour covering EKU sports. And even if you're not an EKU fan, if you'll go back, I'll tell you, listen to the episode this week. I had a great conversation, senior guard Cooper Robb, A.W. Hamilton, the head coach of the men's team, and Coretta Brown, the assistant coach from the women's team. She was a WNBA player. We talk about that a little bit as well. And just really good conversations and fun, fun times there. So go back and listen. That episode is available wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. We'll be back next week with an all-new edition. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sports Stove podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.